Welcome to Supernatural The Crossroads. I am your host, as always, Thomas Cowley, and joined with me today is Ryan Denton. What's up? And Michael Flores. And today we are talking about Season 13, Episode 18, Bring Them Back Alive. Now, this episode is is a... It's a lot to talk about for a number of different reasons, because in a lot of ways, it really destroyed the speculation we had for a lot of things moving forward. And also confirmed things that we suspected as well. So it's a mixed bag, I'd say. Yeah, this is this was a mixed bag is probably the best way to describe it, Thomas. <laughs> I, and you know, there were some things that that you know, even I, as a, as the casual of the three of us, mm-hmm. I would say that's probably a good definition for me. The casual, right? Um, which is really probably not true, but right. No, um, you're beyond that, but yeah, for the sake of argument, yeah, for the sake of argument, the casual of the group. Um, there were things that I even was like, ooh. Yeah. I mean, with the sho- we had the shocking death of Asmodeus. That Spoiler. Really, that really has us ask, is in the crossroads here asking, what does this mean for the rest of the year with so many different things? Yeah. Now, I think like a, like us and a lot of the fandom, we thought he'd be a permanent fixture or or at least a semi-permanent to the same degree as you know any of the other major villains like Azazel or Lilith or you know fuck even lucifer frankly because he had and crowley because he had so much going for him he was a truly unique version of a demon that we hadn't seen in a while he epitomized so many things that we immediately associate with negative qualities but he also more importantly than anything did not drink from the same well of winchester flavored kool-aid that everybody else seems to he did not give a fuck and that was very refreshing this season yeah, he didn't have the narrative baggage that so many characters bring with yes. them on a show that has been airing for moving on to 14 years. That's why it was so nice to have someone like that, because we didn't really know what to expect from him. And it worked he so was well bringing a mystery. him in. It, it was a perfect kind of character that you can bring in because he's one of the four princes of hell. You don't really need to establish a lot with him exactly. for him to be an immediate threat. However, mm-hmm. it has all kinds of opportunities for us to learn more about either the universe or his motivations or his past with Lucifer or what other roles he may have played in previous events. So 
it's it really is kind of a shock that they got rid of him in this episode. But it makes you wonder, though. It makes you wonder if they're willing to pull the rug out from under us like yeah. this by mm-hmm. a major death of someone that we have been led to believe was one of the big bads of the season. Obviously, he's not. Again, right. if he's in fact truly dead, we're we're going down that route tonight, right? We're just right. going to yeah. assume with what we saw, he's dead. We have no reason to assume otherwise for the moment. Yeah. So that being said, it does make you wonder. Okay, well, what else do they have planned? What's right. happening? What's We have, what, five, six episodes left? A I lot can five, happen. Yeah. A lot can happen. And if Asmodeus is not the guy to bring down hell and fury upon the Winchesters, then who is? Who will it be? Yeah, it's, it's a bit shocking in that respect because I think we had so much going for him, but then that's a question. And I think the biggest question we have to ask ourselves today is not so much, yes, it wasn't some of the stuff we wanted to see, but does that mean it was a wrong move? I think that's the big hinging question, not just for Asmodeus, but for Gabriel and Charlie moving throughout this episode. Now, it's, it's, this, it has a bit of an issue with Gabriel because having done it this way, it deliberately goes back and kind of etch-a-sketch erases over his sacrifice in season five with Kripke, which was a great end to his character arc at that time. I did. One of the things I did like about that was the way they explained it. Um, You know, typically when they do something like that, I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. But this one made sense for the character because it's Gabriel because it's Gabriel. And I think that's why I was okay with the, the explanation that they gave us for like how he, it wasn't him. It was a projection, and like, and and that was cool. I mean, because think about anybody in the in the show over the last thirteen years who who could have pulled that off? Gabriel, pretty much, it's, just pro- him, it's yeah. probably just him, right? So I was okay with that. I and I don't know if people were upset with that, but I, I was okay with it. It made sense for the character. Um, the way in which he went about it made sense for the character. I, I yes. think the big takeaway from all of this is it's late in the game. Why bring Gabriel back unless he has a big part to play? And if he does, how will it all come about? Because, again, they reiterated the self-preservation Gabriel. Mm -hmm. This is what he cares about, self-preservation. So how are they going to then rope him back and make him care when he didn't even care during the apocalypse? There's a lot of questions. And can you do that without it damaging what has been established before or just retreading ground? Yeah, and I... I think it can be done. I don't think it's a deal breaker, but what they do with him moving forward is going to decide whether or not Asmodeus's death mattered and whether or not him coming back also mattered. Or was it just another way to get fans kind of enthusiastic and excited? Was it a buzzword so we can trend on the Nielsen social Twitter ratings? What's the point of it? I think that's, that remains to be seen. And whenever that comes out, that's what's going to, we're going to be able to say, okay, this is a good decision or this was a bad decision. And until mm-hmm. then, all we can really do is speculate. And, that, and that'll be in about a month when we do our, you know, when this show ends for season 13 and we do our season recap will be the only time we'll know. And even then, maybe not until season 14, but we've, we've never been so wrong with a character as we were last week, yeah. I think for, for one time as of right now and, and for no other re- reason to show us. Otherwise we were backing that Asmodeus was 
planning it. There's no way he was that stupid yeah. as to let Gabriel and Ketch walk out the front fucking We were a door. bunch of know-it-alls last week saying, yeah, don't worry, guys. Shut up. It's uh, it's going to matter. It's going to be fine. Don't there's, worry about there's it. There's no way Asmodeus allowed him to escape so easily. <laughs> and then we have egg on our face. Yeah, we now. look stupid now, don't we? So yeah. we can fully admit Handsome that we scene. were fucking wrong. Now you guys know what it's like to be me. Yeah. But to that same note, we were right about the character they brought back being Charlie yes, with very, alter, very with so. Apocalypse Universe. And it's very interesting to see how she's that she has returned. But ultimately, kind of like Gabriel, it'll depend on what they do with that. Having her come back is fun, but it needs to be done in a way that works for the story, especially because you have to keep in mind this is an entirely different person, an entirely different character. Yes, they may look the same and have the same name. But as we've seen with Bobby, a lot of their mannerisms or or personality or the events that have transpired in their lives are very, very different or could be. So we we can't assume she's going to be 100 percent the same and how they play that out will be like Asmodeus and the Gabriel switchover be a huge factor on whether or not it's a successful move for this season. And honestly, I just don't give a fuck about <laughs> about Charlie, meaning she's back. That's cool. I think what matters what are you gonna and do with what that? should matter is what it's going to do. The most interesting yeah. part about it is not that Charlie returned, but how the writers will craft her story to affect Dean's personal narrative. And I think that was kind of the point. They wanted to frame that Dean walks around with a lot of guilt. And if he yeah. has a chance to redo it, you know, do overs, then guess what? He's going to attempt to now save this charlie because he failed and we're going to get into that a lot during our discussion because i think there's a lot there and that was the point it was an emotional device to get us emotionally invested and kind of understand where dean's at. and it's been a while since we've seen a an emotional dean eccentric episode so i think it was welcoming to to see that come into play i just i've got some things to say about charlie and i'm going to save that for our discussion because yeah Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for that. I'm just right. pre-warning you guys. He, he, inter- might- <laughs> he interrupted so that he can tell us he's going to talk about something later. Hey guys, yes. just want you to know, going to bring this back up well, later. I didn't want to. I didn't want to give any. I, I, I just simple Jack. Yes. <laughs> Come on, guys. You should know better by now. Um, I definitely have. There's a lot to, to yeah, discuss. And, yeah, especially and, with that. Just just because of uh, last episode when I said you know if they bring her back it has to be different it has to be fresh and and right. before we move forward is there anything else you're gonna want to talk about? yeah i'll probably say um i'll probably say penis a couple times and then i'll talk about sex somewhere in there no no i think we're good i think we're good for all now. Right. all right i might call thomas an idiot once or twice i'm sure that'll happen yeah yeah now the simple l- jack the last big element of this episode was seeing what's going on with lucifer it's been a few episodes since his last appearance and unfortunately it looks like he's been stuck in a little bit of a rut that we've seen him kind of circling the same drain for a year yeah. now, in my personal opinion, I think the last time we saw his character make any significant move was when he was in uh, Rick Springfield's vessel and had that and that the, Kelly and that world's going to come to an end moment. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And since then, he's been kind of going on this whole bit about fatherhood, but it seemed always for a mixed number of reasons and whether or not it would ultimately matter and where they took his character depends on where they take his character. But with this, we saw kind of a holding pattern where he's just about sitting on a chair. Yeah. And this again it will determine how they go about that. We'll decide whether or not it's a good move, but it is always fun seeing Mark Pellegrino in this character. He absolutely is Lucifer. There's no one else that can do that job 
with any semblance of believability. What about Lucifer himself? Eh, maybe. You may not have the same sense of humor. Guess what? You're not good enough to be cast as Lucifer, Lucifer. <laughs> Mark Pellegrino is only. Is so, that like a fan fiction, Thomas, that you have? Uh, yeah, I've got, I got 10 pages in on that. Lucifer oh, it's, is it, Lucifer? No, it's it's basically Thomas fucking Lucifer. This oh, is wow. What makes you think it goes that way? <laughs> it's not him, it's you. Jesus. Anyway, that's all the stuff we're going to get into discussing this episode. But first, as always, we have a little bit of news from Variety saying that Supernatural stars are not asking for producer titles and they're finding new challenges during season 13. Now, it's gone on time and time again about how the show will continue so long as Jared and Jensen choose to do so. But they have not, despite being a bigger part of the show than just a traditional actor role is, they they don't seek out the accolades that it comes right. with. We know Jensen Eccles has gone behind the scenes and done some directing before, but that, that seems to have tapered off. That he was doing it there for a little bit, and then it, it's ended entirely. Now Jared Padalecki says we're not in it for the personal glory. Uh, I have a lot of other I have a lot of thoughts on the storylines, but when you have producers like Bob Singer and Andrew Dabb and Eugenia Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner, you kind of just go. I'm not the coach. I signed up as an actor and I love my job as an actor. He says they all kind of know the roles they're trying to do. And I think this is something is a little interesting because it's, you usually see actors go one of two ways. They have zero input and they're just kind of showing up to do their job as that character, or they end up kind of transitioning off and doing more of the directing or behind the scenes thing. Rarely do they stay like in the middle ground like these guys do. For such a long time to kind of do both, but not wanting the accolades. Not even the accolades, but just the fact that when you have the producing credit, a lot of other things come with that. A lot of times actors will position themselves in such a way that they can negotiate moving into the third season or fourth season to get that producer credit. Yes, sometimes it's just simply a credit, but also sometimes work and some actual um, responsibility comes with that. And they're like, no. We don't want none of that. And I think that's kind of strange for two actors who are so invested in the show not to want to have some power because they could easily dictate whatever happens in the show at this point. Well, it goes on to say they, they have a couple periods of time where they have made significant changes. Um, Pat, like he said, it's a mutual respect thing. They trust us nah, and we trust that. them. There was one scene. I don't trust Dab. Nah, man. Look, okay, <laughs> look, look hold on. Okay. We like, didn't even get to the discussion yet. If, hold I, was, on. if I was Pat Alacky, like, there's three people I can trust. Me? Okay. Me, me, and Ruby, me. Ruby's pussy. Oh, <laughs> that's that's some good shit. And maybe Dean, and Dean's, Rest, and Dean's pussy. Oh yeah, and Kripke by default. All right, so <laughs> let me just let me just lay it out. Here, I don't know okay? why Jared talks like yeah, he's from he the street. Gangster. Know, he's he just, very odd. He doesn't seem like a gangster type, but you never know. Um, let, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay this out here. So if I've been doing a show for 13 years, okay, I've, I've spent almost half my life doing this show, literally. Um, fuck everyone else. <laughs> This show is about me and my fucking brother that's on the show, yeah. which are is basically family now. Like Jensen yeah. and Jared are basically family, pretty much, pretty yeah. much. So fuck you. I'm gonna do what I want, and if I don't like this shit, that shit's getting written out. Yeah, that's how it should be. And yeah. you can't tell me. Look, this I'm is sure a, they do. This is well, a con quote, dude. That we we call this yeah. a con quote. This yeah. is a hey, you know, it's all hunky dory on supernatural. Look, man, if Jared and Jensen don't like something, I'll guarantee they nix it. Well, yeah. he goes on and says there was one scene where we showed up on set and we started reading through it and thought it was all wrong. Who wrote this shit? Yeah, he, he one said, Kripke. You read my lines. You, I'll Dad? read yours. Fuck, you suck. <laughs> 
suck, Dab. What if that was you as the boss? He's coming to work and they're yelling at you. Piece of shit. He would be that actor. (laughs) Ryan would be that actor. Shit is garbage. He'd be the worst one. The director wants to see Ryan. The director wants to see you in. Man, fuck that director. Okay, okay, sorry. Yeah, fuck that director. Man, go get me some fucking coffee and make sure it's booger free. Decrackinated. Yeah, decrackinated. (laughs) You you put booger in this? Do you put a booger in this? You would be that guy, yeah, right? I would. You'd be that asshole to work Look, with. Man, this is this is this is literally my show. Okay, that I am. The, I built it. I, I am write it. I'm the set designer. I'm the face of this fucking show. I shoot it. I write it. I yeah. produce it. I direct I am, in it. Just call me Tommy Wiseau. I do everything. I here. marry people in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, at first I meet her, the fucker, and then I marry her. But my, yeah, my girlfriends are in this. Yeah. I throw him away, then I meet my wife. So don't work with Ryan as an actor is what we've learned. Uh, look, from this? I'm, I'm being incredibly dramatic. No, but he would I, but, be he would be part of the Weinstein scandal easily. Not what? not not Whoa. for sexual assault, but just, <laughs> just harassment in general. Just, just being just, an asshole. You you would be you're Jeremy Piven from um I'm, yeah I'm dude I'm uh what's from his, Entourage. Yeah, Entourage. Yeah, Good God. What, what's his, what's his character's name? Fuck I forget. The Go, asshole uh, Ari, agent Ari. So okay I'm being incredibly stupid but i do really? th- i do yes but i do think that you you can't tell me that jared and jensen don't have some type of creative control well, with what they do and they and it, do and he says he goes on to say that or uh jensen says we do a lot of problem solving on set we do a lot of quality control we keep the tone on set and we take that very solving. seriously they're like, they, they got rubik's cubes they're on like, set. No, they're like i got this don't worry about it. i got this rubik's cube like five writers suck one is good how many do you have left that's yeah. actually good do we can we fire the four that suck ass <laughs> that's the problem see you solving later eugenie just rewriting it. One grip, two grip, three grip, four, you're fucking fired. Which, which <laughs> hey, which one to use? The, we do lots of, we can do lots of problem hey, solving on this hey, set. Which one to use the head grip? Uh, maybe, sir. Would you punch that director really right fucking hard fucking in the face? face? <laughs> no, it's that showrunner. You punch that showrunner. Yeah, right punch in. dab really fucking hard in his face. <laughs> dude, we need to get another, like, uh, oh French God. mistake written by us. Like yeah, that. Dude. Oh God, that'd be the one. That'd be fucked up, dude. We'd kill everybody. Everyone would die. Oh, it'd be so fucking funny, dude. This time, Dab would replace uh, Kripke. And he gets shot in the street. I'm going to go back. Like did. Nah, dude. He did, no, you know, you know what I'd do to Dab? Episode, and I'm going to throw Dab in front of the bull instead. Nah, this is what I would do. This is what, <laughs> so you know the scene in RoboCop where the guy gets run over? That'd be Dab. <laughs> oh, jeez. His spine okay. comes out. Yeah. Jeez. Good Lord. It's got really violent. Yeah, so we're gonna switch entirely now. How did one news topic turn violent? Because we got know. angry, dude. We got that, we, that's a little taste of what's coming up, yeah, right, guys? That's coming up. Don't you worry. Now, we, again, we only have a few episodes left of this season, so we're getting close to that time everybody hates, which is Helatus. Now, we usually have a couple ideas throughout the the summer that we work with. However, we always open the suggestion box to the fans. If you guys have ideas for Helena, something you want us to talk about or something you want us to do, then send them over to us through either Facebook or Twitter, whatever way you can get a hold of us. We take those into consideration before extra episodes, whether that's the traditional show throughout the summer or the Patreon bonus shows. We we. Trying to come up with fun things. I yeah. think we've done pretty good so far. We get no, drunk I, sometimes. Our, our shows are good. I think we need to do one show where we just get fucking hammered. Like, just trip that over drunk. can't be a hammered. live show. <laughs> I don't say bad stuff when I'm hammered. You say I bad just, stuff when you're sober. I know. I get, like, way more, like... He actually becomes normal. He's yeah. be like, I love you, man. I one love you guys. Ryan really, becomes a human when he drinks. I'm really... And he's just I'm a really, monster normally. I'm really happy to be here with you guys. <laughs> So, yeah, I want some ideas from the listeners, Thomas, this year for Helatus. I know usually they do start throwing out ideas. 
randomly on their mm-hmm. own, but I figured let's make it official. Let's take in some ideas and and plan what we're going to do so we can announce it before we go to break. Yeah, exactly. And with that, again, those will be for the regular show as well as the Patreon shows. Whatever you guys think of, send us ideas. If you are interested in Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash Digital, where we've got new video casts. We've got the Season 1, Episode 13, Route 666 discussion that came out, I think, today. Yeah. And then we've got Nightmare, the very next episode coming out shortly. We've got Wayward Sisters discussions. We've got 10 Minutes at the Crossroads. we got a lot coming out. All kinds of pre-show stuff, behind-the-scene things. So head on over to patreon.com slash Digital, and you get all that stuff from anywhere between $1 and $10. Or if you go up to fifteen dollars, you guys get gifts, swag as well. We, we were even talking about a hundred dollar tier today. That's, that's a separate thing. <laughs> that would be a, a separate tier. thing don't, entirely. Don't bring that up. Right, what are you talking God. about, man? Jesus God, man! All right, it's with, a good tier, guys. No, with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to get into our discussion of bringing back alive in just a minute. <laughs> Fuck. The Crossroads Video Cast is here. Retrospective reviews, discussions, theories, and geek outs. All available when you pledge $10 or more a month to our Patreon account. Same show, just more of it. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital to play. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Please, uh, Lauren, we got a gem something. from Florida. Uh, okay. Pensacola woman mistakes 37 week pregnancy for bad Chinese food. <laughs> what? <laughs> She was actually 37 weeks pregnant. She was on the verge of giving birth to her second son. She's already been pregnant before. You too. This is like, how were you drunk the entire pregnancy before this? Probably. So uh, she called off work at 5 a.m. And an hour later, as the pain worsened, she woke her fiance up because they needed to call an ambulance. The stomach, the stomach pains were excruciating and I could hardly move. I think it was about 6.30 a.m. Wake up. This goddamn orange chicken's ripping a hole in me. Hold on. Wake up, Jan. Wake up. I think I eat too much at the local Chinese buffet. I told you too much of that moose shoe pork was going to do this. Oh, please. I I need to go to the emergency room. Please. One time I heard my cousin Elvira tell me something similar happened to her. She ate at the local little Chinese restaurant and she almost died. She had cream of Sillian guy. Um, I should have had the steamed rice. <laughs> it escalated so quickly that I was having contractions and we figured out kind of what was going on because at first we really didn't know what was going on. But there was a doctor that... Uh, she said it was possible for a woman to learn of her pregnancy just hours before going into labor, but in her 20 years of practice, she's only witnessed it three times. Oh, please. Something's happened to my, my bowels. My bowels? You gotta take me to your emergency room, Jethro, please. I don't know what's happening. Oh, oh God. All right. Golly, get, please, get in the goddamn airboat. We'll drive on down to the for local. For some reason, the Chinese buffet's coming out of my pussy. I don't know why. <laughs> Show.com. 
Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, DEAL30, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD, plus free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code DEAL30. Again, that's DEAL30 because without it, no free stuff. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. You are just a douche. Yeah, I agree with so that. Now that I get what you're saying, I, I get things, it. and I get what you're saying. We both understand argument. each other now. My God, Whoa. it's like we can have a rational discussion now. No, I do agree. <laughs> I, I that, now, that's what I'm saying. Now I get what you're saying, and I do yeah. agree. And I think that's the reason why so many people connected with her story because she wasn't there to overshadow Sam and Dean. No, because even when she was in the forefront of the episode. She was there to help develop Sam and Dean as characters, and right. she became a true supporting cast. They're, they, and that was, was my problem against Charlie in some yeah. way, because LARP and the Real Girl is about Charlie. Pac-Man right. Fever is Charlie's on the episode, and Sam and Dean are also there. Right, and Jody was there to help us understand the the underlining motive of the story. Or and, to help them emotionally deal yeah. with the return of their mother or the loss of Bobby. Right, yeah, no, I'd agree. So, but... Either way, they've done a great job with keeping her a consistent character and how they've developed her over the years. And what I like about it is that she's been great in parallel to Sam and Dean. Honestly, in some ways, a little bit more Dean. Like, her and Dean have always had this I, I friendship them. relationship. Oh, no. Like, like, no, 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 no. I mean, like, she's always been the surrogate mother. Oh, come on. But with... Surrogate Sam- mother with benefits? Milf. B- <laughs> yeah. Is that a thing? I don't know. It is now. Sure. Find out the latest breaking news and speculation surrounding the newly announced spinoff series. Available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers. Gain access to this plus hours of additional content. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital to pledge. Have you missed an episode of Supernatural The Crossroads? Catch up on all our discussions. Just search Supernatural The Crossroads on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also find it on the RMD app. Just search Rain Man Digital from your iTunes app store or Google Play. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. I'm hoping, Dude. Thomas, that after... This episode, all those fucking naysayers. Need to stop. Oh, Asmodeus is just Crowley 2.0. I don't understand that in the slightest. (laughs) People that act like the world's over because Asmodeus took over Crowley. Now keep going. No. Come on. I just don't understand the fear people have. You can hear the desperation in their tweets. Like, (laughs) Asmodeus is just like Crowley. Is that a guy or I, I, I can't figure it's a out troll. why do we got a label gender? It doesn't oh, matter. My bad. Yeah. Trolls have no gender. That's true. They're <laughs> <laughs> so just trolls. They're so like angels, genderless. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No, Asmodeus was 
absolutely brilliant in this episode. And I, I like you said, I don't understand why people thought he was similar to Crowley. Here he is so much more violent and hands-on. It's wor- idiot word association. <laughs> it's like, hey, he's the king of hell. Hey, he's the king of hell. Uh, that's like He's Crowley. exactly the same that's thing. Like Crowley, tell me if I'm wrong. He's just, he's just different by wearing all white. <laughs> Prove me wrong, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Change my mind. No, but he was so fucking I love different. you people. Just joking. In this episode. This Welcome back, everybody. Now we're going to get into the discussion of Season 13, Episode 18, Bring Him Back Alive. Ryan, do you have a synopsis for us? Nope. Just kidding, I do. Uh, let me find it. I didn't know you were going to go right to me with a synopsis. It's every show. I know. but we, Every fucking show is the same thing. All right. As Dean and Ketch traverse Apocalypse World in search of Mary and Jack, Dean comes across a familiar face in need for help. Uh, meanwhile, Sam and Cassiel try to understand how Gabriel is still alive. Like yeah. the rest of us. Yeah, we were all like, huh? Yeah. yeah. What? Now, Buckers. this one's written by Brad Buckner and Eugenie Ross Lemming, which unfortunately there's a lot of hate around some of the stuff they've done, despite the fact that, and we just did this on a Patreon show, we like a lot of their episodes at the same time. I think they get an unjust amount of hate necessarily because they've had very strong episodes and then they have very weak episodes. I think they're average. Well, you know, there's a reason why Shaquille O'Neal has the rap that he can't shoot free throws. So Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner are basically the shack of Supernatural. Yeah, I'm just saying that. Yes, event occasionally you're gonna you're miss gonna miss some free throws all the time. You're gonna sink the ball one, one every now and then. Yeah, if a blind squirrel finds an acorn every now and then. Is that yeah. what this is? No, yeah, they're I, blind squirrels for sure. They're, they might be deaf too. I'm not making a joke necessarily. I'm no, just saying that they're average writers. They're mm-hmm. not. They're not the greatest writers. They're average. No. But you're absolutely right, Thomas. They get a bad rap uh, based on a few episodes that people hate on some of which don't actually deserve it i think like yeah. route 66 yeah i agree now this episode has a lot of different things going on which is tri- pretty much trademark of them at this point the biggest thing was the surprise death of asmodeus and it leaves us seriously asking what is to come because he was set up or we assumed to be a very big character or at least a very big bad for most of this season. Yeah, they, they built him up pretty pretty big to just kind of... Now, of course, the qu- first question we can go to, which seems, which I, I, in some respects, I don't like that we can even come back to this statement, but is, is he truly dead? That's, Look, with a lot of characters, that has been iffy. Now, he could have been simply there as a plot device, simply there to push the narrative along throughout this season. And if he's dead, then that's exactly what he is. And that's what he is. If he is truly dead, that's all he is. He served ultimately to bring Gabriel back into the storyline. And is this such a bad thing? Is it wrong to set up a character, make him cool and use him as a plot device? They've done that many other times. And that's why I feel like a lot of people are just unjustly attacking this episode. Yes, there are some issues with this episode, but let's bring in the sacred cow. Yeah. Gabriel. Uh, He was just a plot device. He was only in a few episodes, not even as Gabriel or half of them. So exactly. In fact, they probably didn't even realize he was going to be anything important until they actually started to use him that way. So that being said, there's plenty of I'm not saying he's equivalent to Gabriel and what Kripke did. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there are so many examples of characters that were that were simply plot devices that worked 
for that time. And, yeah. and they're memorable characters, characters that we love. Kane. Kane. So I think the thing with Asmodeus is that they did such a really good job of building him up and making him really cool. And I think that's the biggest bummer about it. If he is truly dead. And I think he is, I, you know, I'm, I'm the, I'm always the conspiracy guy. Oh, they didn't, you know, like, Oh, are they really dead? You know, that's me. Mm-hmm. But I, I truly think that this is, and, and, and what they did was basically built this character up as a plot device to show you that, you know, Gabriel has this vendetta against this character and for him to kill him off, it wasn't so bad. I mean, was it kind of a an eh way to die? Yeah, it was kind of, eh, but it made sense. And you know, he's he, Gabriel's one of the, the last archangels. Yeah, like, I mean, it's it not, makes sense. It's not a new concept. In yeah, so no. many TV shows, we get plot devices that are stale, contrived, and just simply boring. If Asmodeus was just simply a plot device, he was a kick-ass device yeah. portrayed yeah. by the actor Jeffrey Vincent Paris. That guy's badass. Paris. He did a great job. So phenomenal what, job. What, what are people complaining about? He did his job. Now, again, it has to amount to something. It's not it's no longer in his hands. It's no longer we can no longer look back at the previous episodes and judge it for what it is. We now need to look forward because if the Gabriel situation doesn't pan out to be something big or something yeah. Asmodeus, maybe he might have set something in the works. Who knows? Then we can look back and say, wow, what the fucking shit yeah what, what the just, fucking shit what just happened now, and again th- this isn't the first time they've done that i remember i can't remember his last name but frank the character from season seven who's like a surrogate bobby for a little bit there right. he just disappeared off screen an off-screen death with a bloody trailer we never saw from him him again he didn't even get uh felicia dade in the tub no <laughs> but he served as a plot device for that time to help them find the leviathan tablet ash was the same thing kane was the same thing yep to some degree. So it's not new necessarily, but you're right, Mike. It ultimately comes down to will this work by using him as the reason to bring Gabriel back? Yeah. The only problem people should have, Thomas, from this, from this early mm-hmm. death, is what it will do. A good plot device must move the narrative forward. So yeah. what will this do for the show? Yeah. Now, there is the question of, you know, of course, there's hell and who will reign there. Frankly, though, who really gives a shit? We've kind of seen that enough. And I think with another universe, we're beyond the petty squabblings of what few demons remain and whether or not hell is a place that matters. I mean, they kill demons left and right. It doesn't really affect the main story. We've done that before. Now, if he was just about to bring Gabriel back into the thing, into the show. As you said, Mike, that's what people need to be focusing on. And we have to keep an eye on how that works because he also brought about the Archangel blade. The only thing that could kill an Archangel, which Gabriel could wield, which means that that's the only weapon they have against Michael, who is supposedly coming over. From right. Earth. So it, it, they brought in, they brought in these, these things. And, and, and that's what leads me to believe that Asmodeus was that plot device. You bring him in, you reintroduce the Archangel Blade, you reintroduce Gabriel, and you have a good reason for bringing them back, and you bring back the only weapon that could kill the the Michael from the other universe. And that could be all that he's used for, and that's ultimately. Okay. But like, do, and also, do we even really need that? That's why I'm thinking there's more to Gabriel more. than what they're alluding to, because mm-hmm. we already had an Archangel who's kind of has... 
he's a kind, reason to be he's involved. kind of more on friendlier terms yeah. when the Winchesters these days than Gabriel is apparently and as Lucifer. Yeah. Yeah. So we already had him in the waiting. So I, I mean, look, there's got to be more. I was the big Gabriel. I was yes. the bigger. I mean, I, I liked Asmodeus quite a bit. I mean, I was pretty he's vocal. One of my favorite new characters. Yeah, but, and, yeah but absolutely. I'm, and typically, you know, I don't want new cool characters like this to go away. But this one makes sense. And and if he, if he is truly dead, I'm okay with it. And the fact of the matter is, is that he brought back Gabriel, which is a fan favorite, and it, for a reason. Obviously, there has to be a there's reason. a reason. If there's not a reason, it's and, the biggest fuck but up. That's the thing, is if there isn't a yeah. reason, then we can bitch and complain. We about can bitch it. and complain. And that's the thing is that it all come down to how it's played out. And was this a plot device that we while unhappy about how it ended and we wanted more of that character doesn't necessarily mean it was the it was a fucked up way to do it now if the ultimately gabriel falls apart as a concept and it's executed poorly then again we can come back and say okay this is where they fucked up royal now because the idea that gabriel has is possibly brought back because he's an ingredient that Lucifer doesn't want to necessarily give them Archangel Grace. He was weakened at the time. And with his personality being the way it is, it's a good way to keep him out of reach for the Winchesters for when and if they need to open another portal or if somebody else on the other side will do something like that. Mm -hmm. So maybe it'll work. We really need to find out as time goes on. There's other things to consider too. We know Lucifer said to the uh, angels in heaven that he could help them recreate new angels because they're going extinct Gabriel perhaps has that kind of power we don't know what he's learned we don't know what he's capable of so maybe he will have some arc going on there in some redemption way he needs to Thomas he has to have an arc because again looking back at what Gabriel did during the earlier seasons the Kripke era he was just simply a plot device so if you're going to bring this character back through a plot device asmodeus to be a plot device that's a problem yes that's inception plot device you're getting too many levels deep for no reason yes and if asmodeus was simply a plot device then gabriel's importance needs to be there and not just his importance to the overall myth arc but i say give him an arc as well and connect him directly to the winchester storyline because then you look and say why the hell are you here if you're just going to be simply another plot yeah. device? Because, again, we don't need him no, to open up to the alternate Earth. We no. have Lucifer, and Lucifer has incentive, a, an incentive, his son, that he does, in fact, based on what we even heard this episode, he does care about the guy. Right. It's and they show Michael what's up because he got his ass kicked, so he probably has a bit of a vendetta. Yeah, so if anybody has a reason to join Team Winchester and open up that that rift to kick some ass, it would be Lucifer. Yeah, so right. Gabriel's the, purpose is going to have to mean something. It's going to have to matter. It, to, play de- to, to play devil's advocate, <laughs> the thing is, though, like as much as we've we've seen about Lucifer, I, I, would, I would much prefer to use Gabriel over Lucifer 100% of the time. Lucifer's just too much of a... He's 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 too much of a rogue and a loose cannon, and yeah, he may have some some. You don't some, think Gabriel's a rogue and a loose cannon? I think Gabriel's. I, I would think Gabriel's less of it than Lucifer. What is loose? What has Gabriel done to 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 fuck with the 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 Winchesters? And what is Lucifer killed done? Dean a hundred times? Yeah. What has <laughs> what has Lucifer done? Never killed Dean. Oh, get out of here with that! Look. <laughs> You can't tell me. That's if you Ryan had, logic if you right had, there. What are you yeah, talking about? That's stupid as fuck. That's you, Ryan logic. That's no, it's not. Feels. I never said that, so it's not my logic. Look, here's the, that that right there is Ryan logic. Now that's my logic. I never said it, so it's not my logic. Um, 
let me ask you a question. Okay. You had a choice between Lucifer to help you or Gabriel. And you don't know if what, where Lucifer aligns, who are you picking? I know what to expect from Lucifer at this point. I would trust him over Gabriel because Gabriel's unreadable. It's a wild card. Yeah. Lucifer, you can depend on fucking you over or working with you until he doesn't need you anymore. Gabriel's a complete crapshoot. Especially after this. Like, he bailed. Even at the for last no moment, he bailed. Uh, I'd still choose Gabriel. Despite what the, he, they did for him Fuck that in guy. this That's episode. So his mouth shut again. They, he fucking abandons them. Yeah. After helping him out from the sorry state he was in at the beginning of this episode. Now, as you said, Mike, it, you need to have him have an arc. Every character should have an arc, unless they're that like true villain necessarily who doesn't have any change to their character. Gabriel had that during Kripke's run, from his his introduction as a trickster, even oh, all man. the way until his death in in Kripke. The fact that he came back to try and take out lucifer now by undoing that a bit there is a little bit of a problem of undermining what has happened before unless you make it tied intrinsically to sam and dean's character because again like you said as with esmodeus he was a small character he was only gabriel for like what two three fucking episodes yeah it doesn't mean he wasn't the biggest thing ever he was fun we liked him yeah now that you've done this and brought him back he needs to be involved despite his lack of wanting to. He's always been consumed with self-preservation. We know this about him. That's the one thing that we know about him. But moving forward, he has to have a little bit of a journey himself. And I, I, I'm a mixed f- feeling on that because on the one end, he sacrificed himself before inadvertently and it kind of brought him to a close. He changed his ways. Now that he's been brought back, I feel personally he's got one of two things he can do. Kind of the same thing again, where he changes his ways and helps them out at the last minute, or he stays static, and at that point, what was the purpose? Or was he just an ingredient? And again, this is something that's going to come into play Mm -hmm. with the last five episodes of this season. So hopefully he actually has something to him that's more than just a simple plot device of you need Archangel Grace and and fans love Gabriel. They've been talking about him since Metatron wrote that episode. Yeah. So have him actually show up and do something. And that would be interesting because we've never really seen Gabriel do much besides self-preservation. That's why it would be interesting to see an arc. If you're going to double down and bring another character back from the dead, then make it matter. He does not always have the interest of others obviously right he cares more about his self-preservation even what, what we know of him he was the good angel on your shoulder telling you to do what everyone is saying but in a little bit of a nicer tone he was also telling the, the entire episode of switching channels what was it he was telling sam and dean to do what to play their part mm-hmm. right Al- to allow the apocalypse to come allow be the vessels so he was never 100% so, a good so guy. So that what? So he can live forever. Fun and fancy for Banging porn stars. That's what I like to do. Yeah. Right? So self-preservation has worked up until season five when he died and he made that switch. Now we need to learn more about Gabriel or it just who gives a fuck. Or it completely yeah. undoes it. That's what I'm saying. It, we need to have him delve deeper as a character because either yes, A, for sure. we retread the same fucking ground or B, He just goes back to his old ways. So then what the fuck was the point? Like you just said. So you have to have that come about with the narrative for the rest of the season or potentially season 14. Now, ultimately, having him come back 
it's not the end of the world. It, it works. Again, the trickster yeah. Gabriel is the only character that you could really have this make sense with yep. other than perhaps Crowley because he was always a chess would, player, but that wouldn't yeah. make sense as to this. He's point. not an archangel either. So right. It makes no sense. Now, would this diminish his importance in season five? If he comes back and just kind of does the it's same just shit there for no reason or is just there for no reason. Yes, absolutely. And I think nostalgia aside, right? yeah, nostalgia aside. No, I, 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 I truly believe that if he doesn't have some sort of reasoning for to be, to be here, no, then no, he, no, not reasoning, just oh. him coming back. Does to it life. ruin the fact that he did not die in season no. five? Does it diminish and undermine what Kripke did with him? I, I don't think so. And, and I said it earlier. I, I the way they explained how he didn't die was totally trickster or Gabriel-esque. And I think that's why I don't think it diminishes that. I still think that that swerve, because that's what I'm going to call that on Lucifer, is is pretty solid. So I'm okay with it. And I agree. I don't think it diminishes. It might undermine a bit. A little of bit. What but I, did. I, I think it does it, it, unless they do a fucking good job. But it doesn't ruin it. What comes up. It doesn't ruin it. But no, it, under, it, it undermines it, it a bit. It undermines Kripke's purpose and the closure he yes. wanted for that character. Yes. But that being said, he wasn't a major player. No, not at that time. He right. only did so, what, four episodes maybe? Right. And the way Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner decided to bring or explain his, made, made his coming back actually made sense. Especially when you go back and watch that episode, he was a, he was a flip flopping son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, you have to remember too. <laughs> Do like, you remember how many times? Oh he, yeah. So for him to pull that trick again, makes perfect sense to me. Does it kind of disappoint me being a yeah. fan yeah. of him? I'm like, Oh, I really like that. You actually sacrificed and you actually did something important before yeah. the end. And yes, it's a bit disappointing, but it is so, it is so part of who that character. he is. Yeah. It makes sense for him to do it. Well, you have to think too, like he talks about, you know, when he writes on the walls of the, of the cell, he talks about, you know, I went and, and, and just drifted away. Talk about zero remorse though. I yeah. fucked porn stars. <laughs> yeah. Or it, was it porn stars? Yeah, yeah it was porn yeah. stars. So you have to think. Strippers. You know, strippers. They were porn, porn stars, stars, Mike. They were probably strippers porn at first stars. and they, they couldn't make enough money. They went, they oh. made it to porn stars. Are there That's, even porn stars around? I mean, pornographic. Have you ever been to, portrayers? have you ever been to Las Vegas during the AVN? Yeah, but is porn stars, though. I mean, that's that's that's, that's just of, a common phrase, right? Kind of a there's misleading. You're not really a star anymore. Those days are done. <laughs> I, I don't mean, know, they man. died Could, out with the Stormy Daniels and the Christy and the Jameson. She was the Jameson. pretty popular. Yeah, but she wasn't like t- t- making hands. Why are we talking fists. about this, anyways? She We're was making this. <laughs> that's for sure. Are we reviewing porn stars? We should. Apparently, we should make that. A, no, I think there's listeners who are plugging their ears right now. They're like, oh my god. They're oh, t- it, this is disgusting. They're, t- they're talking about porn stars this with is big gross. babies. <laughs> what was that? Did you just gross? Roll? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I um. But my grandmother used to say to me growing up, "Don't watch that." Was, everything you did, don't she was, watch she that. Was, your palms will get hairy. No, she was Mexican, so she rolled her R's like even when she's speaking gross. English. She's all gross. That sounds never mind. Yeah, I, I just I think ultimately I don't think this ruins who he is. I think it's what about Casa Erotica? Does it ruin that? <sighs> Stupid. Hey, that was actually filmed. Then that's all that means. Dumb. I just um I, I want to make sure that. 
you know, he has a reason for being here. And, and I think, I think that's where it comes down that's to the for biggest me. thing. Yeah. It undermines what Kripke wanted originally. However, does Isn't it that ruin what Dad it? does though? He undermines Kripke all the time. <laughs> oh. He's like, Hey, Kri- hey Kripke do that. Oh, oh fuck Kripke. I'm going to do something else. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to retcon the shit out of that. It undermines it a bit, but it doesn't ruin it so long as it has an actual payoff. And unfortunately we can't make that decision just yet. So jury's out. As far as I'm concerned, you know, honestly, if they stick to his characterization of self-preservation and they make that a part of the narrative and they find a way to parallel his purpose in such a way that it feels right and true and it connects to the the (laughs) earlier seasons, then that's fine. Well, Mike, all as well. Apocalypse Michael coming over and going to, you know, steamroll our earth would give him a reason to help out with that falls in line with self-preservation. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, that's why he left at the end of the show episode anyway. Maybe yeah. a team up, you know, Gabriel, yeah. Lucifer, all of them, Winchesters. Dang. Yeah. Rowena. Now, Adam. We have a position to fill called the spinner position. Rowena, <laughs> you can you can feel that position. God, I just got excited. Now, his departure. You plug did, your ears. <laughs> pull your headphones out. His departure did hurt Sam Dean and Cass. Absolutely did, especially how much work they put in and what his departure meant for what they're trying to achieve him taking away his own grace and leaving. Now they don't have a power player on their side. They don't have a way back into the portal currently to get mom, Jack, catch Charlie, whoever you can see they're left once again to figure it all out entirely on their own. Now this has worked for them before, but it's still pretty fucked up thing to do. Of being abandoned and just left behind to say, figure yeah. it out. And I, I, I laughed because it was kind of, it Ciao. was very much like Gabriel to say, I bet on you before. I'm sure you can do it again. But that is such a dick thing to do at the same time. Dude, he's been living a millennia as a dick. I don't think he's in a change. No, I know. Now. But it how just many reinforces other, that. How many other heroes has he left abandoned throughout his time? All. Yeah. <laughs> Like throughout, everyone. The, throughout the dawn of time, he's abandoned somebody to fend for themselves. I, why is the Winchester's going to be any different to him? My and I, I well, I'm almost glad he did because it, it feels fits. it feels right to his character. If he would have said, "Yeah, guys, let's let's do let's, it, let's team up," yeah, we're like the been like A team, fucking super friends yeah, over come here. On, guys. Dun, 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 yeah, it would dun, feel dun. that would feel bad. That would feel contrived. And like, also, nope. let's let's not forget the the you know sad fucking sam dude holy shit every time jared sam. puts on the waterworks dude <laughs> like you feel for him dude you felt genuinely bad when he was had to tell dean that uh we don't have the grace anymore yeah oh fucking yeah, sucked. Dude. it was great sad, dude. great job now the one thing that bothered me the most though with the gabriel storyline because i was i was totally fine with how is he tricked lucifer and he tricked everyone as to hiding mm-hmm. but then they just write over how he was captured and then he was captured and give it to Asmodeus. Like, that is the line. Maybe that's going to be the mystery. We'll find out as as to how he was captured. I feel like that needs to be a part of his character moving forward. Because and there had to be something where he was down and out or fucked up or made a decision that was bad enough to have him fall into that situation. And maybe he's not free. Maybe Asmodeus is faking it and he wants Gabriel to lead him someplace. That's possible. You know? Possibly. And cool. again... It's hard to make a full judgment simply because we don't know yet. But and, and, we'll and we see. don't understand the the man that is Dab. It's no. really hard to get. Uh, does anyone? He's pretty fucking hard to understand. Yeah. But so time will tell whether or not that was a good decision or not. 
as will time will tell with Charlie's return. That is the big thing that, you know, everybody was talking about during this episode. Charlie is back sort of because it's an apocalypse earth. Charlie fucking clap. Now, why Why can I clap? Well, remember Ryan gave us a heads up about his words. This segment fucking terrible. Now, it's not <laughs> It's not original Charlie. It is Apocalypse Charlie. So she is a little bit different. And we see that she her return has an immediate Was there anything different? Impact on D- uh, Or was it just different because the tones were desaturated? Could have been that. And her hair was not as bright. It wasn't as vibrant. Yeah. It was longer. Good job color grading team. You guys made that scene look different. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Charlie is acting the same. You mean Felicia Day? It's Felicia yes. Day playing Felicia, Felicia Day, Day in another dimension. It's Felicia Day. Hey guys, I thought her how, name actually how, was Charlie. How can at this we point. make her different? Just color grade it. Yeah, change the color grading. Don't worry, the entire universe is gray, so that's how we know they're different. By default, it's a different person. Don't yeah. just go with it. It's it's Delicia Fay. <laughs> Delicia Fay. Good lord, stupid. Now the question with her is: Will her return be more of a fan service thing, fan service. or will it ultimately serve the purpose of the narrative? It's all fan and this is obviously, as you can hear from Ryan, a bit of a sticking well, point. Hold on, her return, <laughs> her return is welcomed if they play it the right Look, way. Okay, that's, that's so, what I'm getting so, into. So let yeah. me let me last. You're supposed let, to preface positivity, Thomas, then negativity. So last, so last <laughs> episode, I was. A, you're definitely not a parent. So last episode, I <laughs> no, was, I was all for, up. <laughs> I was all for bringing her back. I was all for it if they did it correctly. If they brought her back and she was a completely different fucking version of Charlie. So that's your definition of doing it correctly. Yes. If okay. they would have brought her back and she was completely different and she and it wasn't Felicia Day playing Felicia Day. How would you I, want her to be different? Just I, so I, 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 I had said this last show. I said I wanted her to be very, very strong, very powerful. She's in the apocalypse world. She's probably been through some shit and she needs to be stone faced. Much, much more than what she was on in our dimension. Less funny, haha. Yes, less funny, haha. She wasn't funny, haha, was she? No, no I'm saying that's but, what original Charlie. But here's is. the thing. Oh. Here's the thing. So she was Felicia Day trying to play a badass in this episode. So was and, that a fault of the writing, or did you not believe in her it's, portrayal? It, it's her. It, it was 100 percent her. And Jesus, getting personal. Over I, there. And look, look. It's not the writer's fault. It's Felicia Day's fault. Felicia Day, fuck this one up. No, I just. <laughs> I did not like it at all. And it, it is completely fan service. The only reason they brought her, brought her back was to say, oh, look, Felicia Day's back. Mm. And I think. I don't know if I agree with that completely. We don't know yet. Now, I see what you're saying, Ryan, because on the surface, it does look like that. Yes. However, it ultimately it depends on a reason. It ultimately, like Gabriel and Asmodeus's death, it depends on what they do with this. Let me walk back just a moment. What would be the reason that she came back? Well, hold on. Let, let, Mike let me walk back my statement. I agree with you, Ryan. It is definitely fan service that they cast Felicia Absolutely. Day. They, out of all the people that they, they could have yeah. brought back yep. that would have made Ellen, Joe, more sense or maybe equal sense, they chose to go with Felicia Day. And obviously that's because of her her fandom that she popularity. has, her popularity, I guess, on social media, her geek cred, yeah. if you will. Mm-hmm. So yes, absolutely. I think the casting decision and bringing her back in the writing room was in fact a fan Yes. Service moment. However, again, this return, I will welcome if they play it out the right way. And we're going to get into that in a moment and, and what it could mean for Dean and how it plays out for him pretending to future decisions he may have to make. 
Well, because we see a little bit of that in this very first interaction with her because he wants to do, drop everything essentially to go help her out yeah. because he still carries the guilt of Charlie's death on his shoulders. We know Dean. We know he's very much driven by guilt, anger, the things that he was not able to do have driven him forward into the actions he makes in the future. And after the events of season 12 at the end with losing everyone, you could see him wanting to try and write these wrongs, even though it's not the same person in his mind, it could allow him to alleviate that guilt to, I wasn't able to save my Charlie, but this is a second chance. I can do something different. I mean, we've seen that from him before. We're going to see it again. It could make sense. If she's there to help Dean deal with his guilt. And move forward as a character. Move past that. And she doesn't become an emotional distraction. Correct. It could be a great writing device to keep things slippery for Dean. It could. Ooh. It could. Especially with all that's going on with him needing to get his mother back. Needing to save Jack. The fact that he didn't give Jack... uh a chance at the beginning. And now he finds out this kid was looking for their mother the whole time when he left. I mean, talk about the guilt that's piling up on Dean. We already know this is part of Dean's genetic makeup. The guy loves to feel guilty. He loves to put everything on him. So now you're throwing Felicia days, Charlie in, in the equation. Mm -hmm. It does a lot for him. And that's why I care about it. I don't, I'm not a fan of Felicia day. I never have been, but if it helps to bring out Dean's emotional internal turmoil for the season, then I welcome it. Whether it's fan service or not, if they utilize that fan service correctly, I mean, when you want to think about fan service, what's the big deal about fan service? Anything past season six is fan service mm -hmm. when you really think about it. Why do they keep doing the show? It's fan, fan service. service. Yeah. I'm not justifying shoddy fan service and you try to pawn it off as writing, which a lot of TV shows do. Yeah. But in this scenario, I think I'm okay with it if they follow through with what they started this week. The but, thing that works for me on that is because if I replace Charlie with Ellen in this episode with the same amount of information we got, it too could work because he has look, guilt over how Ellen died. It just ultimately matters on what happens in the future with her. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm on the same page, guys. I'm all for fan service for certain things, but... This was Charlie or Felicia Day coming back, being Felicia Day in another universe as Felicia Day. And I think if if she would have come back and acted differently. More like the Wizard played, of Oz yeah, setup. Not played the same fucking character. That's what I was waiting to hear. Yeah. And that's that's my problem okay. with it. So your problem isn't I don't that care they about brought the fans. Charlie back. Yeah. You don't have a problem with the character no. that was written on the page. Yeah. So if you're, you have a problem with the actress yes. playing the role. The her same. playing the a character way. who's exactly like the other character who's and exactly we're in like alternate real reality. You're in alternate reality. Okay, look, we, we, we talked about this in the pre-show, Thomas. You we said, did. well, what about Bobby? And I said, well, Bobby's probably, the Bobby in this apocalypse world is 85% different. I'm sure there are there are aspects he's of this. He's much duller. Yes, he's yeah. much he's duller. Not he's funny not the, and he's very much more gruff. He was very different. They're in an apocalypse world. They are going to be different. 100%. They've went through shit and cra and just fucking all kinds of crazy shit in this apocalypse world. What would the, you think would be different about it that you would like? Or what? Not that was worded the, wrong. The, what would you like different? 
I, I don't want the smart ass tone and all that bullshit. I want her to be hardened. I want her to be a fucking warrior. Maybe like straight talk almost. Yeah. Be not, a, not, almost more like their mom. Yes. Be a fucking cynical, a straight yeah, shooter. Be a fucking warrior. You're in apocalypse world and you want to be a fighter and you're going to be a sarcastic. I, I just, I don't buy that, dude. Like, I just don't buy that. So you just wanted somebody completely different. Yeah. yeah. You're in another dimension. You've I can't, gotta be different. I can't disagree I, with I can that, that. Thomas, can you? I mean, no, I see it because you're right. We see a very different Bobby. I it mean, didn't bother me, but I do get it. Yeah. yeah. I do understand uh, look, the fact I, that she was, even though she was, she was muted. Yeah. She, yes. she, they, there she was, was a muse, yes, I will she agree with that. She was muted, but when it comes down to it, she still acted like the Charlie from our world. Yeah. Whereas similar. it would have been nice to see her be com- someone completely different, yeah. much like, you know, Michael I know people, was, I know people like to laugh about it, but much like Castiel, when he switches into roles, yeah, imagine right. if Castiel played Lucifer like Castiel, yeah. then it'd be just silly. Be and, silly. That's, and that's what you're saying. Charlie. Did. Yeah. And to your point, or Felicia day did Felicia day. Yeah. The alt- apocalypse earth. Michael's very different than the one we know. Way apocalypse. Zachariah was an entirely different yeah. character. They're also different actors though. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Bobby is very different. I mean, even Kevin is very different. So I can see. That's a see... great point. And you know what? Kevin's return is 100% fan service. Yep. And yep. he played he a different. Compl- you're right. He you was a very what? different character and he still served a purpose for the narrative. Yeah, you're right. So I can so completely I see that, Ryan's point. That was my biggest problem with it. I mean, I just, when you start, when you start bringing these characters and you're doing these alternate universes and you've got these, these characters that should be different or, or this alternate universe, they've gone through different experiences this character should on paper be different and their portrayal should be different. It's no mm-hmm. different than seeing, like you said, Thomas with Castiel portraying a different or, or Misha playing a different Who directed character. This episode. Um, I forgot to say it when I did the synopsis. Adderall. Amen. Catterally. Amen. Catterally. So like it's, it's no different than, the, than those situations where you've got, you know, if I'm going to use, I'll use Flash, for example. Tom Cavanaugh has played five different versions of his character, and every time it's been different. Eamon Catterally, yeah. last episode directed, was probably, in my opinion, one of the best episodes of the year. Which was? Breakdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Great, great episode. I don't think it's him, dude. I just think it's Felicia Day, and I hate to say that. You've never complained about her before. No, and I think this was the one that really set me off. Yeah. I didn't have I a problem with Charlie. I didn't have a problem with her in our universe. I I just you accepted just that to be different. Yeah, yeah. I accepted well, that everyone that else was, was her. too. So if yeah. the established rules are everyone is very very different, why is she so? Do you similar? think Charlie Bradbury has a show called Geek and Sundry? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. No, this one. Uh, well, maybe she does. It's the same character. It's called so. Sleek and Sleek and Fundry. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Sleek and Fundry. That's terrible. <laughs> now. I don't know. Sorry. But, um, what? But accurate. <laughs> I can see what you're saying, Ryan, and it makes a lot of sense because she has been, everyone else was so different. Why isn't she? And again, unfortunately, like Asmodeus and Gabriel you're in this episode. You're asking her to be a better actor, is what you're asking her. He Am is. I or I'm asking and her I don't to play her character I don't, differently? I don't think that's fair. Because Am I asking her to be a better actor or, or play her character differently than the same character she's already played? Listen, you're not wrong, Ryan. I know I'm not. You're not wrong. I'm saying it's also possibly not fair for you to ask her to be a better actor than she is. Yeah, because I'm not an actor. I can't say shit like <laughs> it's that. It's very hard. It's a tough line. It's a tough job. And, you know, maybe if anybody can be mad at the casting department for or the writers for bringing her back and, and asking something from her that is not in her wheelhouse. Of well, acting. then does that fall on the writers or the showrunner? 
whoever decided to bring her back, I guess, right. ultimately. I, yeah. So ultimately. it all goes back to Dab. So <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Now, speaking of the Apocalypse world, the other characters we see are Ketch and Dean, and Ketch was absolutely my favorite. Ketch and Dean sounds like a sitcom. That does sound Ketch like a sitcom. and Dean. Hey, yeah. guys, we're catching with Dean. <laughs> Yeah. Th- thanks for that. That was You're great. Welcome. Interdimensional cable. <laughs> I'd watch it. Now, Ketch was absolutely my favorite part of this episode. Seeing him go through this change from where we first met him, the the evil Bond villain who just murdered people to this battle-hardened but He's one of my favorites now, man. Emotionally damaged yeah. character. It's fucking great to see. Not only has he his introduction allowed the world to open up with the British Men of Letters and all the possibilities that they have and all the things that he knows, but he is perhaps one of the few characters outside of Sam and Dean, because, I mean, they kind of get to do whatever they want, that has a true arc moving forward that they are progressing towards slowly. He really does. In the very beginning, we see him saying that he wants to help out because he's they're looking for their mom somebody he has a personal connection to the only person he's had a personal connection to in the last how many years and number one that's how you start an arc that matters when you're writing your character and you're figuring out okay well this person needs to have a root reason to be where he's at and to motivate him into action and what is it it's mary winchester and the wrong he did to her and his kid and her kids right so to use that as the core foundation for catch's character this season makes it a beautiful arc and it ties well with where he was at the end of last season because you saw the remorse he had for how things were falling apart without a doubt he is the the most refreshing element of dab's era yes and i like what they've done that first little bit of him talking and then seeing him go through this with dean helping dean out when he gets shot with that poison talking about the people he's lost along the way and how duty always took precedent Seeing him take this road that is not easy, that nobody believes in him or has any faith in him. He's not doing it because this is what will allow the Winchester to help me out. Yes, he said that Asmodeus was after him in the first in the last episode, but clearly that's been resolved. But the fact that he even chose to stay behind shows that he's making tough decisions to move through his own demons, to do something with his life and redeem himself through the decisions he makes. Mm-hmm. And that is the sign of a great character because it's not that just shit happens to them, happenstance, but the decisions that they make affect the narrative. And him choosing to stay behind, him choosing to go after Mary and help out, I like it. And it's it's a lot of characters have done this kind of thing where you have this villain or or rogue at best slowly become part of the crew through the actions they've done things that they would never do in the beginning of their personality arc that they now do of their own volition is huge he's a crowley type character but in a lot of ways and i know i'm gonna get destroyed (laughs) i think the only reason why i feel like he's a better version of crowley is because we waited too long to get crowley there yeah, Crowley, Crowley spent yeah no Crowley spent too much time as as this kind of bad guy s thing and trying to figure out where he's gonna be and where and his, what, yeah. what his point is. Whereas with Catch, they understand where he's at and they're moving forward fast. Right, and I feel like that's why this character is so good is because he is the characters we're drawn to. He's the underdog character, mm-hmm. the underdog archetype that we root for in Supernatural, but he also 
has a little bit of the Crowley funk on him where he's that gray character or the anti-hero. He's willing to do things that maybe our main heroes won't or can't do. And that's why it's nice to have someone like that. Also, there's no view in sight that he's going to change. Yeah, he's switched sides due to guilt, wanting to redeem himself, wanting to be self-preservation. But at the same time, yeah, he's a good guy per se, but at the same time, I don't think he's going to change his tactics. And no. I like that. No, he could be he a good guy and choose the right side, but I'm going to ma- stay true to my tactics and my training. And I hope he does. So far, yes. he has. And I'm hoping he doesn't forsake his uh, his upbringing. Yes, Because very that's much what so. makes him interesting, is that men of letters teaching. Yeah. And he's, Tutelage. like you said, the, the best part is that because of that, he is willing to make those tough calls. If Sam and Dean were to be at a point where they don't know if they should kill somebody, he would easily do it. And that does allow for more narrative choices to be made. The problem you have when your characters are too good, necessarily, is that they never take that ultimate step to the dark side. There's always some contrived reason, and that's why the villain comes back every week. That's why Batman still fights the Joker. Yeah. Ooh, great. That's a great one, yeah. I mean, if you have catch on your side, though, you fucking solve those problems once and for all. you have catch on your side... I like that's a that. shirt, dude. That is a shirt. <laughs> dude, he's one of my favorites. He's he good, was the dude. best part. And his acting is subtle yet great in this episode, too. I, I think just looking back at the last two years, and again, I may wait to he might be he might be my MVP for this year. I feel like yes, Jack is great, but they've kind of squandered him towards and they've the lost t- him since half the fucking season. Yeah, since the halfway point, we really haven't really learned much about Showed him. Up once. Hasn't really grown much in terms of character development. So, so far, it catches the guy stealing the show. Yeah, he, he's definitely... When it comes to the side players. He's definitely been the one to watch, and I think that it's going to get way more interesting here in the next, like, you know, five, five episodes of right. him staying back. And, what if he has an ulterior motive connected <sighs> to Asmodeus, dude? How heart-wrenching would that be, dude? That you're like, fucking dude. Son of a bitch, we finally like this Trusted dude. You. Son of a bitch, you fucker. That, that would suck. That would be amazing, right? That'd be an though. ultimate twist, though. Yeah, that would be twist? good. That would be really good. Yeah, that'd be awesome. If there's a reason why he went there. Something oh, that Asmodeus needed. Oh, man. That'd be shitty. Fuck. That'd be great. That'd what are you talking about? That'd I be would good. feel shitty, but it'd be really well done. Just be like, fuck, man. I just call trust I'm just going to call it right now. You're going to call it? Whether you're right or not. Yeah, I think he's going to make nasty with Mary Winchester. <laughs> Ooh, one last time. <laughs> one last time. He's going to make All Jack watch. Long, make Jack watch. Hey, hey, Jack. This is what good humans watch do. Watch this, Jack. This is what good humans do, Jack. They sit and watch. Oh, my. Ryan's just thrusting over here. <laughs> Jack, sit over there and just think about what I'm doing. Take, good God. Take that, Mary. Now. Take my catch. <laughs> Jesus. Catch this. Catch this in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> good god you're right though mike he is the he is probably the mvp but Make not sure only you have a catcher's mitt on okay <laughs> that means. it doesn't mean anything is, is, there a condom? Such, is there such thing as a catcher's mitt yeah okay yeah, yeah. Make sure. okay. yeah. come on i just joking. it's just not I, spelled I, that way yeah <laughs> catch no. me if you can we baby. should we should do spoilers for uh sexual spoilers Sexual the spoilers that, that we're complaining about us being too nasty on our shows. Yeah. We should just do like a moaning sound, like an orgasm, orgasmic sound, orgasm? and then that will let people know right before, to take their heads right off before we start to say something stupid. Yeah, yeah. So somebody moans right before the sex act yeah. happens. <laughs> <laughs> that was like Scooby Doo got off or something. <laughs> 
I don't think that what was that? I don't think that was anything. Oh, I don't know what the fuck that this was. This place is like uber creepy, Scoop. That's it what is he's now. Fuck. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I think Catch could easily be the MVP simply because he has an actual arc moving forward and he has so much potential through his other connections to the men of letters to some guy falling to his death. <laughs> <laughs> that's, okay, dude, that, if that's, that's someone what, jizzing, dude, that's fucked. That's what Ryan sounds like when he makes sexual sounds. Don't you remember? <laughs> Go ahead, Ryan, do it again. <laughs> I just burned everyone's eardrums out. Sorry. Oh guys. my god. Ryan's the worst person. I'm terrible. All right. Go ahead, Thomas. I don't even know what I'm Did saying Thomas anymore. Lose I'm losing it, yeah. The fact that he could be a major character, somebody to fill that gray role necessarily for the team with the upcoming threats and his access to knowledge. I mean, he the fact he's the reason that they even exercised Lucifer from the president in season twelve. So he could have other tricks up his sleeve as yeah. far as the alternate universe. See, and that's what I always look at. That's how I always look at things from the potential standpoint. For example, catch is a limitless library Mm -hmm. of potential stories because of his knowledge being a part of the men of letters. What is in that guy's head? Literally, literally the writers can make up anything. Yeah. And, and this is the type of making up bullshit you can do utilizing a character like this. Well, once we did this over in the British men of letters, we did this or we have this. Right. And you've done it before. And then with the apocalypse, version of earth coming over soon which is the only thing i can assume is going to happen yeah it would seem that he'd be a good person to go to just for the don't future. get rid of him it's just too it's too it's too much there especially if you just brought him back yeah, yeah. especially so, since you just killed asmodeus yeah you fucks yeah. i mean what yeah, fuck you <laughs> maybe asmodeus has the same little uh charm as rowena and and he comes back from the oh, dead oh wait a second he knows about that and he was looking for rowena remember yeah Catch you was. know what I bet she's alive. (laughs) He just faked his burn up. Oh God. It hurt really badly, but I'm alive. I I was very badly burned from Austin Powers. (laughs) I'm alive, but I'm very badly burned. (laughs) All right, guys. What was that, Mike? I'm sorry. I missed that entirely. You're an idiot. What? (laughs) I didn't see what you did. Live read. Yeah, Jesus. Time for a live read. All right, guys. The RMD premium live video feed access and quarterly gift tier is now here. We've got boosted quarterly gifts on Patreon with video access. So now not only will you receive exclusive gifts every quarter, but you will also get up close and personal during our live shows and see all kinds of horrible things Ryan does. I do some horrible shit, guys. All of this when you sign up for the Get Gifted plus live video access tier on our Patreon page. So head on over to patreon.com slash Digital to pledge. and You'll get all that stuff and more. All right. That was awesome. Now, the other major element to this episode was Lucifer. And I feel like this is going to be a bit of a mixed bag, even more so, because I think for the first time, I wasn't happy. What? With yeah. who? With Lucifer. Oh, you were just a little supernatural baby, I think, I this am. Week. I am. A little bit, yeah. The, the, the biggest... Way to set it up. The biggest bad guy <laughs> of the show has kind of been in a holding pattern. Now, Mike, you, I think it was years ago, you said with the end of season 11 that he should just kind of be gone for a period of time. 
I, I feel once like, he was removed from Castiel's vessel. Yeah, I think he when he escaped from Castiel's vessel or the darkness ripped him. Right. I feel like that was a perfect point they to just make put just a question mark there for a little bit and say, guess what? Yeah. Nobody knows what happened to him. Yeah. Right. Because he's just that character that is unbelievably awesome. Right. Mark yeah. Pellegrino is a fantastic actor. actor and I yep. couldn't be happier yes. that he's playing the role. But at the same time, I'm torn because he's a character like Chuck that I don't want to see. Well, it's a character that I want to see them, but they, you have to, but when they're there, they you have, have to, to do use something. them wisely. And the problem is that we've had him around, but he's not really doing a whole lot. And it's, it's you, that problem was like Chuck, you have him around, you need him for a reason. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, what are you doing with it? Can I just point out the fact that, you know, like when he choked out, you know, uh, Jensen's wife. It was hot. It was a hot. I got, I got kind of erect. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is she walked like, now you don't have me. And I'm like, well, he's loose for he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Like, should he care? Yeah. Why that does he care? I'm like, why would you even have her say that? Like, why do you think he fucking, cared about you in the first He was sucking place? on your neck for some grace, bitch. Oh, like, oh, he's not there. To fucking marry you, okay? Yeah. This is this if there's one person you shouldn't trust, it's him. Like, yeah. I think right. The reason why she said that is because yes, you're right. She, he's Lucifer. He is. He can do whatever he wants. He can get whatever he wants. Yeah. But can he get whatever he wants? Can well, he clearly get, not. Can he get uh, admiration? Can he get love? Can no, he get? He's, everyone's can getting, he get loyalty? And I think that was the point because she actually, at least again, what we were led to believe, yeah. I think she actually cared for him. Yeah, in, in some way, weird way. In yeah. some weird way. So the fact that he kind of squandered that yeah. by acting like an asshole, I, I think, I, I think it did well, hit him a bit because he's a guy that's always right. being left by by everyone well, well that's think, the whole point is that he's the the only thing he wants is the stuff he can't physically get he can't take it away well, he can't we, take loyalty we forget that in the how, you know 2000 years everyone's been led to believe that lucifer was you know the bad guy right and now the, you know well air nobody's quote, gonna change no, that yeah, mindset. nobody's gonna change that mindset i mean look at the two priests when they, that was amazing. Yeah, that scene was awesome. That scene was funny. Yeah, that was a good scene. I actually did like that one. I don't. Thomas understand. hated it. Look yeah. at Thomas's face. No, no, no. I thought it was funny because it's, it's 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 funny because it's Mark Pellegrino. Yes, and it's well acted because it's Mark Pellegrino. Yes. Yeah. I still didn't. I, I felt like everyone else in that. I don't room. understand why Lucifer thinks he's going to care about people's prayers. And it, that's the thing. It feels like he's done that before. Been there, done that. He's been through all of this. He's he's already went through. I'm going to sit on a throne and just be worshipped. Yeah. I'm going to do this and expect people to come to me. He doesn't even care about those types of things. So I feel like that. Well, we've we need on. to we need to move forward with Lucifer because they have led us to believe that we are moving on but then we find ourselves right back to square one again with him yes. where he's sitting down trying to figure out what he's gonna do Dude, and that's my problem shit or get off the pot bro because the, go back at the cage and masturbate yourself like the, do something entertaining the lucifer who would want to sit on the throne was when he had possessed sam in that alternate universe in season five in the white suit and like this is i won i won the apocalypse game over that's the Lucifer that would sit on the throne and listen to the few prayers or give a shit at all. But we've moved past that with the end of season 11 and him kind of reconciling a little bit with God and him having a son in season 12. And most of the season has been either a finding Jack and having that son, the one person that should be inherently loyal to him. And then the new threat that alternate universe Michael possesses. So for this episode, 
it bothered me that, as you said, Mike, he just sat around. Why does he give a shit about the loyalty of a few people if he was a few episodes ago telling Castiel that we all need to team up because we are going to get, you know, bent over the bramble patch by this alternate universe Michael here right. in and a few minutes? It makes no sense. He was using Joe to power up because he was so weak. And yes, he may have gotten some additional loyalty elements out of that. But with one episode being the only time we see it and it's immediately destroyed. Yeah, but there's a lot of things <sighs> betraying his internal wantings. The, right. the thing that makes Lucifer Lucifer, there's a lot contradicting it internally. When you take into account, number one, um, number one, let's look at the, the grace situation. Mm. Okay. He's consuming angelic grace. Right. It's making him see things differently, right? Potentially, yes. Or it's preparing him. I'm sorry, the depletion of grace. What, what am I talking about? The fact that he lost grace and that oh, he oh, is becoming right. more human. He managed to kind Experience of reconcile and understand certain things about the human condition. Okay? Mm -hmm. So that's why, one, I'm okay with some of his changes. Number two, his face-to-face -face he had with God in season 11 has managed to make this character work in a way without ruining the Lucifer Correct. we knew in the past. There's ways that they've gone about making this Lucifer Lucifer 2.5 work so well in these seasons and to make it believable as to why he's even there because of the things we've seen in season 11 and his heart-to-heart -heart with God. The fact that he has a, a son roaming the cosmos all these things play into his new development as a character and makes sense as to why he's here currently and where he's at. That works that so long as they move forward now because we've been in the same position since about halfway through season 12. That's the point. Now he needs to move forward and they have to, again, shit or get off the pot yep. because yep. How, yes. we, how we got here, I fine. can get behind. That's fine. It worked. But you either need to have him change his ways to try and reconcile things with his son or have that confrontation to where he has no one and he goes full bore into the evil son of a bitch route again yeah. I, I, one, and, you, and he need, needs to have that choice be presented to him rather than just show him changing his clothes and hanging out and they need to act quickly because so far what they have on him is good the idea that he's ashamed and afraid to meet his son due to rejection and the fact that's one yes. of the lines that i liked this week that joe threw at him as she walked out you know putting that mirror up to yeah. him you're just afraid that he's just going to be another person that yeah. rejects you and, and that's no part of you i liked it yes but now we need to see him act on that. let's fucking go yeah we've been waiting for that for quite some time and it is hard to complain about scenes with lucifer because again mark is just so good at playing the role yeah i, I feel myself conflicted but again everything that got us to this point when it comes to Lucifer is good. I'm okay with it. And that's why I, I, I think I had an issue because it was the first time that you I, felt like it I, was stale. I felt like it was stale. Yeah. I've always been the biggest Lucifer advocate. And I he know. was so fucking Blue cool. Fire and Thomas. I, Blue fire Thomas, the, all the gay <laughs> jokes, you know, the, the fact of the matter is he's been my favorite character and my favorite villain. And this is the first time that I was like, spank bank material, favorite well. spank bank material. Oh, Blue fire. And for this time, oh. <laughs> This is the time oh, where wait, I was like, let's do a move spoiler. forward. Oh, whoops, my bad. But you're right. It was the first time that I was disappointed with the scene because it didn't progress anything. It was all stuff I already knew. Well, I, I think it was just a, a scene to say, hey, here, remember Lucifer? He's here. Okay. But if it doesn't add anything to the main narrative. No, I'm just saying what it was. Yeah. It's what it, it was. Just, it, it felt It was flat just there to be there. For me. Yeah. Now, 
outside of the plot elements of this episode, we did have some great cinematography. The red lights in the Men of Letters bunker was awesome. It set the mood absolutely as the warding slowly fades and then turns off completely. And then Asmodeus and the demon show up. I liked that. The best shot for me was angry Gabriel with his eyes piercing blue through the scraggly hair and, and anger. That was just a beautiful shot. Yeah. It was great. I, I, loved all I that. My favorite part was the, the red lighting in the bunker because the chosen wardrobe for Asmodeus already betrays his nature mm-hmm. and it betrays what we know of demons. The fact that he's dressed in bright colors is contradictory. Right. We expect our villains to wear dark colors. So the fact that they even fuck with you like that is a great call. Number one. And it's something we haven't really discussed. I've always loved it. I like it. I think it's great. And then to see his true nature come the through. The evil, the red. Having the red highlights. Blood stain. Yeah. It's, it was cool. It was it really was, cool. It was badass. It works. It's good visual storytelling as well. Now, Again, whether or not he's really dead, the death we got was also very cool from a visual effects standpoint, having him slowly be immolated in flames. I mean, that's a similar death to Dagon's, but that's still fucking cool. Seeing him smoking and bursting into flames. Especially when we don't get the best fire effects of late. Like sometimes right. they're they're kind of yeah. hit or miss, which I don't understand. We talk about how. that quite a bit, actually. Yeah, yeah. But, but this was good. It was very good. Yeah. It was nice to see that the the effort put in through on the team there, despite whether or not he may actually be dead is still really cool. And it's always fun to see the apocalypse earth with the desaturated tones and the color scheme. And I like the snow element. It shows us a progression of time. Who knows how long time transgresses over there and how long uh, Jack and Mary have been in the fight. Frankly, I liked that tool. You think they rotate around the sun a little differently? It might be something different. It was, it was nice to see a, a visually distinct landscape for their current fight. Mm-hmm. Despite just because we, before we had like just rocky sand and it didn't really make well, a lot of sense. And then we got a forest. It was nice to see that. Well, that's one thing too that that I I want to point out is that every time that we have gone over there, it's been in that one same area. Mm-hmm. With this, we got to see a little bit different portion of the apocalypse world. And that's what kind of threw me off. And I think that's one it thing felt that we more for- like an yeah, earth. Yeah. And that's one thing we forget is that when they open that breach, they don't know where it's going. So they could be anywhere on the world. Right. I mean, if you really think about it, so potentially, potentially. So it, that was a, that was a really cool scene. I did. I did like that. They changed it up and gave us a different mm-hmm. area of, of the apocalypse. Just a different view. Yeah. I, I like, like that. that. I actually thought that was cool. It is smart, you know, keeping the budget relatively low when crossing over. But at the same time, I think it would be cool to see some known landmarks. Yeah. Like a destroyed yeah. White House. Damn you, you dirty apes! <laughs> that, you joke, but something that, like that. Yeah, cool. I would have been cool with so, that. Something like that yeah. would be kind of cool just to, to give us a definitive, this is Earth. This right, is Earth, right. but it's not This is the closest you know. to Earth as our Earth, except the only thing that happened was the apocalypse. It'd be interesting. I mean, so far we've seen some campsites and I, and I get that the budget is low. Right. I get that. Yeah. But they've done things in the past. Like, look at the, the, the Paris scene. They did. The Remember Paris that scene, from uh, a, years, oh, a few God. years back. Yeah. Which was fantastic. I think, was it Italy or was it Paris? Yes, it was the Rome. Pa- the it painting was, um, one. Yeah. With the ghost. Rome, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fantastic shot. We saw the giant ape monster from the bad place. 
Yeah, maybe well. that ate up the budget too. So maybe who knows? Like, hey guys, we're just gonna be doing uh, dirt and trees now for <laughs> Apocalypse World. That gorilla we're, costed way cost way too much money. We're gonna shoot the rest of the episodes at the Moon Valley Nursery. <laughs> <laughs> that way, we don't need to get any other props. Oh, that's just run through the same trees. Oh man! All we have is this back lot, uh, Robert. <laughs> uh, throw some dirt. You see that playground that we drop our kids off before that we go to apocalyptic. work? Take all that dirt and just dump it all over the asphalt, the sidewalk here. We're shooting right here in the fucking back lot. Well, hey, at least we're going <laughs> to save money on where we got to go to shoot this shit. Yeah. Stupid. All right. So we got a couple thoughts from what Liz- about Felicia Day's acting. Just throw some dirt on her as well. <laughs> yeah. Make her dirty. And then she'll like do the same facial expressions. All it's right. no big deal. All right. Let's go to a few people from Facebook. Let's do it. The same facial expression. So hateful. So Cheryl Dickens Peterson says, so Charlie is back, but it's not really Charlie. So what's the point? It doesn't change. (laughs) I don't know why that question's funny. (laughs) Ryan's even laughing. The question was funny. Why was it funny? I'm not going to. Never mind. Why was that funny? (laughs) It doesn't change what happened to her. Uh, It's good. Catch stayed there. Maybe he can get everyone together over there and figure out a plan. I hope we get to see that catch Mary reunion. Uh, She is going to kick his ass. She thinks Mary's going to kick catch his ass. Uh, Lucy was funny, but not really scary anymore. And most of all, it seemed way too Lucy Lucifer. Oh, Lucifer. Yeah. It seemed way too easy for Gabriel to to suddenly get his strength back and it Mm -hmm. wiped out Asmodeus so easily, but I still enjoyed the episode. It seems like it's leading to something big. That's a fair point that she has a lot of great points. Gabriel gets his grace back for like an hour and a half and he can smite Asmodeus. No problem. Whereas Lucifer, it took quite some time to recover his, but he also didn't get a dose of, Grace. He didn't get a dose of grace back and it was in an alternate dimension. Could that have changed things? The travel? Gabriel had a dose plus some rest time. Yeah, it could be. Could yeah. affect it differently. Uh, Ashley Frank says, I'm not sure where to start. It has been a long time since an episode has affected me so much. Oh. I was in a state of shock after this episode. I will say that I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. There okay. was a lot of high points and I got pretty emotional. It kept me invested and entertained and I wanted more when it was over, even though there were parts that were pretty predictable. The portal closing without them getting mom and Jack back and therefore needing a second vial of grace, yada, yada. Well, I think we all knew they we were going to come back. back. So that's season finale. Shit. We have six more episodes to go. Five more. Uh, having Gabriel dispatch Asmodeus so easily after earlier in the season showing Lucifer having such difficulty in a similar situation with depleted mm. grace was a bit of a stretch, especially when we know the tiny vial wasn't all of Gabriel's Gabriel's grace, and we also are aware that recharging grace takes a while. I also think the scene with Lucifer at and the exorcism wasn't all that necessary. We ne- we know all of his problems with God and the angels and human and humans already. They need to make a decision and move his story forward. Oh, yeah, wow. see? Look, look at that. Either give him a redemption arc or make him embrace his darkness. I'd love to see mm-hmm. both, but the writers need to commit. I, th- I think I fucking said exactly that. Yeah, that's literally we're almost word for word. I, <laughs> would, I would like a combination of the two, what she just said. I want him to embrace the dark, but also love his son. I think you can do both. Yeah, I think, you can. I think you, you can love your son. Look, look Darth Vader. Oh, embrace yeah. Embrace the dark, yeah. but loved, more Star Wars parallels. But loved his children. Help me there's, take this. There's plenty off. of evil, shitty people in this world and that have history a good side that element too. Love their children. I think that would be a good That'd give take. Good. Make yeah. him evil, but make him have that one weakness. 
That'd he won't do something to his kid, even if Jack hates him. Imagine yeah. if Jake lo Jake. Imagine if <laughs> his bastard son. Jake. Imagine if Jack just loathes him. Yeah. Okay. But that doesn't stop Lucifer from caring for him. That'd be good, and that'd then, be a good send off. Then suddenly, he understands what it's like to be Chuck. Oh and shit! And then you kill him. I'm serious. That'd be good. That's rough. That's how you end his story. That'd be you give fuck. him the, you give him understanding. You give him a way to understand what his father has been through for the last millennia. Right. Understands why he treats him the way he treats him. Understand what he does. Yeah. Because of his own son. Ugh. That'd be, that'd be the only way he'd learn. Too. Yeah. And that'd be the only way I want him to die at this point. Oh man. Now I'm setting myself up for failure, right? <laughs> Thomas is dude, like uh, if that happens, I'd Crowley's cry. dead. I'd cry. Lucifer dies. Kane's dead. Kane, like, all his man crushes. All, dude, all the guys he wants to sleep with. Yeah. I know. Then what am I going to do? Just go to back to Jim, D go and Sam. Go I'm baiting. Just go watch, Just be baiting. Go watch Netflix and yeah, yeah relive the moments. Uh, to finish up, she says, if I had to give the episode a grade, it'd probably be a B. The last two episodes have been super action-packed with a lot of a lot to get through. I really think they could spread out the plot over more episodes to make the season seem less disjointed. Uh, Danny Small says, guys, there are many things I liked about this episode and one huge thing I'm sad about. Asmodeus, I'll miss you, sad face. But a huge highlight of the episode for me was the scene where Lucifer interrupts and the standard exorcism to supposedly help and it all went wrong. Hilarious. To quote a character from an old episode of Seinfeld, that's gold, Jerry. That's gold. Not uh, not too many people on Twitter what liked it. What are you doing it. over there? He almost Jerking broke his off, mind. I thought about he Lucifer. Thought about, he was like, oh God, Lucifer. Oh, I also respected that. Hold the, on, I'm about to come. I also respected that the writers didn't forget about <laughs> Dean's issues at the very end of the hour. <laughs> Kudos to them for showing that Dean's still not okay. Uh, Christina Johansson said, "Catch didn't lose, uh, didn't just lose his colleagues. He killed at least two of them in cold blood. Absolutely, one in front of Dean. Except for that, I quite like the episode. The writers have really learned how to write for David Hayden Jones. The Dean Catch scenes give me life. Yeah." NJSPN fan says this episode was written by uh, Lemming and Buckner. And while a lot of ground was covered and it wasn't close to being their worst, it suffered from their mile wide inch deep writing style. There were some good scenes. Lucifer with the priest performing the exorcism was pretty funny. Did anyone find it strange that Sam and Cass gave Gabriel the last of his bottled grace in an effort to heal him? If Dean didn't make it back through the rift, there was only... That was the only way to open the rift and get him back. This sounds so. It, this sounds strangely erotic. If it didn't fix Gabriel, I suppose they could have so hard. tried did he, extracting did he take it his again. Grace, so he can enter the rift. Like it just <laughs> <laughs> give me that grace all over my face, so I can get in that rift. Oh, wow! Is that what he said? I'm almost impressed. I'm. I, I am impressed by that. You made Penis. that dirty. Yeah, dude. Horrifying. After all, we are all God's children. <laughs> Uh, I suppose I could have tried extracting it again, but if it did work and as it did, it's not like Gabriel is a team player and being the cannon stickler kind of guy. I am. It's plausible that Gabriel faked his death with Lucifer. But when Chuck was rallying the troops to fight Amara, Chuck specifically said that Gabriel was dead. Was Asmodeus so powerful that he could hide Gabriel's existence from Chuck? Seems kind of iffy to me, especially given the ease with which Gabriel finished off Asmodeus. I don't know who knows what what Asmodeus knows with catch being his bitch boy. Well, I also, mean, like Chuck doesn't always tell the full truth. Yeah, that's true. I, that's one of the things I feel like they can easily explain away because I did bring that up. I want to say a few weeks back mm -hmm. when they showed that Gabriel was alive. 
Yeah. And I said, well, Chuck would have known, right? He specifically he said that yeah. all the, all the archangels are dead. So that is a valid point. However, I think at the same time, it's an easy thing to create an excuse for as well. I mean, yeah, God he, never he, showed up when they asked for him directly and he pretended to be the prophet Chuck for how long? Yeah. yeah. He's not exactly the most honest guy. That's so. very true. I mean, yeah, there's an easy ex- explanation for that. They could write something. Yeah. All right. You guys want to go? writes it. <laughs> I think we need to go on to our final thoughts at this point. We're running a little long here. So Ryan, what did you give this episode? Ultimately? I ultimately gave ultimately. this. Uh, I gave this episode a C minus. C minus. Okay. Um, what? That's not fair. Why? A C minus? Yeah. Jesus. What? <laughs> just, just, just go. Just go. <laughs> Don't listen to him. I, I had some, some serious, you know, things I talked about earlier, you know, the Charlie thing just completely threw me off. The only real cool scenes that I liked were the, the catch and Dean scenes. Um, I did like the, um, the, the fact that when they went into the apocalypse world, it was a completely different area. I like that. The Lucifer scene was a waste of time. Didn't need to be there. Um, and it was really just written to be like, Hey, look, Hey, remember guys, Lucifer's still around. Okay. Well, here he is. And that was it. Um, as far as the Asmodeus scene, I was bummed that Asmodeus is gone. Um, again, if it was only for a plot device for Gabriel, I think I'd be okay with it. But just the, the overall episode just was weird to me. Um, I didn't, it just seemed like it was all over the place. And I think that was my biggest problem. So C minus for me, um, catch and Dean. Awesome. Love those scenes. But I think there was just something missing in this episode. It, it was all over the place. All right, Mike, what I'm, about you? I'm not ready. Go. Ooh. You're not ready. No. Okay. For me, th- this episode, I was not a very big fan of this episode had a lot of things that I had problems with, whether it was fucking hater. Yes. Whether it was the fact that as Ryan pointed out, Charlie was just kind of Felicia day again. Her character wasn't very different. Whether it was that Asmodeus felt like a non, a a completely not thought out character. When I look back at it in the very beginning, he's looking to release the Shadim and screw over Lucifer. Then he's interested in the Nephilim. Then he wants to keep Lucifer and Castiel as points against the Winchesters. Then he's switching over to, the, the f- working with Donatello secretly and then now he's got Gabriel and he's juicing up for some reason he ultimately just to be the worst jailkeeper which we gave him credit for unjustly so and not have an ultimate goal in mind unfortunately whether or not he ends up being a plot device that worked as of right now in this episode he felt like a completely randomly thought out character whatever cool scene they thought of is what I felt like ultimately made it to the script and and to the shooting room with that. It, it, it just didn't work. Gabriel's introduction. What's a shooting room? I don't know. I, I misspoke and I was just moving past it. Pew, pew. Oh, like, What's a shooting room? Pew, 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 pew. I'm in editing room and oh, okay. shooting at the same okay. time. So Gabriel, while it could be believable that he as the trickster made everyone think he really died the idea the the fact that the writing just said and then he was captured and given to asmodeus drove me up a wall now can that be solved later yes but it seemed very odd that somebody who castiel is saying has no mind and may not remember you completely remembers everything within the span of five minutes and goes from a beaten dog to his old self with no real repercussions no real 
everlasting shame, no real change to his character. And ultimately, that will only matter good or bad with what they do with it. But in this episode, it felt very inconsistent to just blow through that entire idea when he was so afraid of everything in the last couple of episodes. The Lucifer was the first time I was disappointed because it was just a holding pattern. It's stuff they've already learned. I already know he doesn't have a lot of people who he's who he has nobody who's loyal to him. He's looking for that. And we've known what he's wanted and what his goal has been since halfway through season 12 when he got Kelly Klein pregnant. They need to move that forward. The best part of the episode was Ketch and Dean. And because Ketch is the true character with an arc that's moving forward that makes sense. Unfortunately, that's not enough to serve the whole episode for me. This episode is a D. <sighs> this episode's a D for me. So much of it doesn't work unless and hinging entirely just, on if they can come together with something at the end. I don't even know you guys anymore. What? what? All right, well, what's your thoughts? I don't. Why are you asking me? Because it's your turn. <laughs> I'm not going to rate this one. I'm not going to rate no, this one. No. Gonna, I was just doing the mic from the Scooby yeah. Natural episode. It's not an episode of Supernatural, so I'm not going <laughs> to. Rook you, Thomas. Yeah, yeah I bet. Rook you, Mike. <laughs> you really want me to go? Yes. Yeah, it's your turn. We just went. I give this episode a D as well. <laughs> I love fucking, that. It's fucking so much shit. I fucking knew it. I, I feel like it's one of the worst episodes of the last two years. And there's been a, some bad episodes the last two years. Yeah. Uh, and I'm giving Supernatural a, a fair shake because I'll, I'm a forever fan. I feel like the show is fantastic in many ways. And as long as they stay true to Sam and Dean as characters, which they haven't aborted them yet. Right. I, I think that the show will always be a show that I gravitate to. And I feel like it's a show I can always watch because they're always interesting. They are what always matters. They're always at the root. They're always the foundation. As long as the show is built around them, everything else is background noise. Um, But that being said, Eugenie Ross Lemming and and Brad Buckner, they're not the ones making decisions. Andrew Dabbs, the guy making the decisions, everything goes through him. And to turn Asmodeus into a plot device if he's dead at best it it makes me wonder why you introduce him in the first episode why you introduce the idea of the shadim why do you introduce the idea of him wanting to control jack to use him to unlock the shadim yep why does he decide to come out of hiding after a millennia of being in hiding to where he doesn't care about the earth. He rather just be to him left to his own collecting designs. That's what we were led to believe that he was wanted to be alone. Okay. So the other ones, the other one, uh, the, the lady, I forgot her name. Dagon came out because she was more loyal to Lucifer. Right. Right. And Ramiel was just fishing. He didn't give a shit. Right. So why did this one come out? Because suddenly Crowley has died. That doesn't make any sense. Crowley is nothing to him. Right. He could snap his fingers and kill him. So why did he come out of hiding after all these years? And at first we to, think it's Jack. To, right. If that's the case, if it was Jack, that would make sense. But now he's dead mm-hmm. and we're left with our thumbs completely up our ass until it's coming out of our fucking mouth like a goddamn Pez dispenser. Especially with the fact that he was juicing with Angel Grace and was said by Castiel and Gabriel to become the one of the went from the weakest priest to one of the most powerful or prince yeah. to the most powerful and, with new powers. And for what? Yeah, I, I, it just baffles me. And if he's alive, then I take all this back. Yeah. 
But then I have to question why Gabriel's back. Why is he around? Yep. Are they all part of Asmodeus's design, like plans? Catch. He doesn't Gabriel, seem like that kind of character. All of these things in his wheelhouse of tricks is—is is he Felix the Cat, and he has a giant bag of just things he's going to pull out and fool us all? Because so far, I I don't understand what we're doing with this character. Why was he introduced as the big bad? Because he was. Why was he introduced? You could say it was. Um, distraction or misdirection all day long but fine ul- but misdirection has to have a point ultimately he served no purpose except for gabriel he showing didn't up even really misdirect anybody because yeah. sam and castile really didn't even think about him very much they didn't bother so why was he misdirection gabriel could have just walked through the door and be like hey guys what's up yeah I, that's all I mean, he needed and he is the worst jailkeeper in the history of jailkeepers <laughs> he's pretty bad he allowed castile lucifer to escape then catch then gabriel then he goes to get him back and he dies like a bitch how do you do that to a character that you were that was introduced as amazing i mean fucking cool and in just the previous episode had him perhaps his best moments yeah and squandered going back to what makes this and charlie i just don't give a shit and not enough right now I, i just don't give a shit i feel like that's what Dab relies on. In order to keep his show relevant on social media, he relies on these on these these little moments to give him sh- hope, to give the show life. Hey, Scooby Doo. Hey, Wayward Sisters. Hey, yeah. Felicia Day. Hey, what about your fucking writing, Rowena? Let's bring her back. Fuck it. Like he's using, he's riding a wave. Hey, I just introduced something. He's we, used We dropped a, a giant rock and in the tub, and mm-hmm. now we got some movement. Yep. Okay, it's dying down. Let's drop another rock. And instead of focusing on writing being his rock, yeah. he's focusing on those, those little moments that Everyone will give loves. him little blips of enthusiasm. So I don't blame Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner. I, I blame Andrew Dabb. Well, because you're right, because it's, it's what does everybody love? And I hate being negative, man. This is fucking three, yeah. four, three out of the last four shows. Dude, that should say something to the Supernatural fandom well, out there. When Michael Flores. Yeah. The biggest yeah. fangirl alive. Yeah. Okay. Who blows the trumpet. Always talking supernatural. We've done this show since season nine. Yeah. And we have never been negative. No, not this Until bad. Until now. Yeah. And bloodline. I mean, I, I'm typically. Well, yeah. So that should <laughs> that say something. Yeah. If the biggest fans of SBN that, that always waves that flag is having. There's always something to find. The fact that good. we're having issues, that should signal a fucking problem. Yeah. And guess what? Writers listen to the show. Yeah. Visual effects guys listen to the show and I feel bad, but you know what? It is, a it, it is what it is. There is a fucking problem. Yeah. And there are some great takeaways from the show. As I said, Jared and Jensen can do no wrong. They're always fucking great. They're always the silver lining. If you look at uh, the ending of the episode, Gabriel, again, I, I don't give two shits about Gabriel leaving or coming, yeah. but what it did for Sam. Dean's but, outrage. Dean's outrage at the end was amazing. Yep. So those things are great. But it's not enough. But it but it's not enough. When when are people gonna finally say, hey, and I don't want this show to end? That's why I'm hoping they make a That's change. That's why something and needs also, to be changed. This again, please listen to this in context, right, Thomas? Yes. I mean, we have five more episodes. Anything can happen. We could be completely wrong, like we were last week. And I hope I am. I hope I can crawl sniveling tomorrow tail tuck or between next our week legs and say hey you know what we were wrong just like we were last week yep. yeah 
We'll find out though. Yeah. And that's the sad thing is that we will, we don't know yet. So we've got. Do we want to go into a little bit of the next episode? Ryan, you got a synopsis for us for episode nineteen. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. <laughs> um. Yeah, I do. Hold on. I'm all out of whack here in my notes. Sorry. There we go. Uh, yeah, I don't even know if I want to try to... Uh, funeralia? I think that's what Sure, close enough. Sam and Dean must stop Rowena, who is on who is on a deadly mission. Meanwhile, Castiel looks to heaven to recruit angels for an impending invasion, by, but is shocked by not only what he finds, but who. So it sounds like... So we got Castiel and, and Lucifer crossing paths again. Inherently, that's going to be the case. And Rowena is showing back up. We haven't seen her for quite some time. And we know she was scared last time, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Is it going to be I like amassing how, I like pieces? I how VW tries to find the silver lining. Hey, Catch wasn't a prisoner. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did He did get beat and said he owns. Asmodeus says, I own, like property. I own you. Anywhere you so go, I'll find you. So maybe he wasn't a prisoner. He was more like a fucking slave. Oh, that's better. If someone tells you you own them. What does that mean? Are you free to come and go? Sure. I think I'm taking my aggression on VW. Sorry. You are. <laughs> Can Andrew Dab sign into the chat room? Yeah, where's Dab at? Sign in. Uh, oh. Demon Dab just signed in. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be <laughs> Demon Bitch Dab. Bitch Dab. Now with Rowena, it could be an amassing the components as we're rocketing towards the end of the season here. It could be wrapping up her bit. I'm not certain at all. At this point, Rowena is always fun to watch, but again, like so many of the other characters, it has to serve a purpose. And after where we left with this episode, things got to be relevant, especially with Lucifer coming back into play and Castiel and their interaction because he tried to kill him last time. Yep. We got to see something. We got to see things move forward, regardless of who the guest host or guest show is, the guest on the show. It needs to move. I have confidence because if you look at the pattern from last year, Mm -hmm. Is it really a pattern if it's just once? No. If you look at last year. There you go. Dab really closed out that season in a good way. No, that season. Yeah, he really did. If we can fucking get down to business, maybe we can do the exact same thing. Maybe what he's doing is maybe he's just dragging us through the mud these last couple episodes to just have this, holy shit, you totally redeemed yourself. Yeah, he's edging us. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is, dude. He's telling us. You know, you have a really strong beginning and a really strong end. The middle doesn't matter so much. Is that it? Maybe that's what he's doing. He's like, he's like, hey, you hear those crossroad guys? Wait until the end of this fucking season. They're going to have their tails between their legs, assholes. He doesn't really care about us. (laughs) No, he doesn't. He doesn't even know we exist. I eat them. Yeah. We'll see, but we only got five episodes left. So we're on the the final countdown. Supernatural guys. Can I eat them? Oh, Jesus. Oh, okay. That's a different thing. That's going to wrap it up. What are you talking about, Thomas? <laughs> We're going to wrap it up here. I'm going to eat the crossbow guys. Mm, thanks they, to, they look really delicious. Thanks to everyone who listens to all this. Especially that blue fire guy. Gross. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm gonna now. I'm going to eat them real good. Mm. I'm going to chop them up, put them in a smoothie. I might even Thank choke. Jamba. Call it Jamba Thomas. <laughs> so if you'd like to eat us, head on over to <laughs> Rayman. <laughs> digitalmedia.com listen to the show thank you all for listening and we will see you guys next time you little maggot you are no longer a part of this story hey ass butt